Welcome back, everybody, to We Are TPM. I'm here again with John Teixeira, myself, Kyle Teixeira, and we are going to be discussing this week a recap 2022's market outlook and a outlook in 2023. That's right. I mean, we're gonna put on our we're gonna put on our crystal ball goggles. Oh right? yeah, yeah. And and try to figure out what's gonna happen next year. We use our great memory and, uh, <laughs> and, and crystal give, ball some, goggles. give some crystal ball outlooks. Um, but if you guys are interested in anything we have to discuss or have any questions or just want to. Uh, Talk to John or I or anybody on our team. Give us a call. 817-818-9039. That is the number to we are TPM. Or shoot me an email or us an email at showmethemoney at wertpm.com. Did um, you get like Norwegian there for a moment? Is I don't that know. What that was? I don't know what, what you would call that. Kind of so. Swedish kind of thing feel going on there. I'm watching so, too much of the World Cup. <laughs> You know, we just got done with Thanksgiving, and so we're in the holiday season, and people start recapping and looking at the coming year and what's going to happen, and gosh, we've got a lot of changes going on, right? Things things are happening in every corner of our economy, so we thought it would be a good idea just to recap 2022 real quickly and look ahead. We've been listening and and getting our feels out about what's going to happen in 2023, so we're prepared for that, and we just want to share that with everyone, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of cycles, market cycles that occur in, in the rental market always, and this year's been a different one because it's just been a lot a lot of cycles happening mm-hmm. very quickly. Yep. Um, so that scares some people, but in in reality, you just it's it's like anything else. You need to forecast. You need to know what what you're dealing with and and yep. execute. So, I mean, at the beginning of the year, we, as far as the recap goes, we started out the year with the continuation of 2021 of a very strong rental market. Um, you know, very strong economy at that point, and like everything else, the the pivots started to come probably in March, right? Yeah. No, I, no, I would say a little bit later. Actually, you mean I, I don't? Uh, no, that was I don't know what pivot you're referring to, but but I'm just thinking right now. I'm thinking about like rental rates mm-hmm. and activity. Oh, that it, didn't slow down. It no. didn't slow down at all. It kept going up, and activity was going crazy until I, w- I would say August. Mm-hmm. About August September is when somebody put the brakes on everything, right? And and didn't just put the brakes on, but kind of slammed on them a little bit, huh? Yeah, because the the rental market, and what I meant by pivot was the rental market kept increasing, right, Mm -hmm. Um, at a higher rate. And that's because the pivot was really in the sales market. Mm -hmm. Interest rates started to go up, and the rental market becomes a lagging indicator of the sales market, right? So, um, you know, we got... We got through that rental market was hot all the way, like you said, till August and just seemed like it wasn't going to stop. But we knew it was going to slow down because the sales market was slowing down two to three months before that. So. Affordability had to catch up, right? Yeah. Um, the interest rates going up, all of that stuff had to catch up and activity. We definitely saw activity slowing down. I guess I didn't expect the rental activity to slow down quite as much as, as it did, as quickly as it did, right? That's if I'm if I'm looking back on the year. Um that, I think that was a surprise to to everybody. I've been talking to all my colleagues throughout the country. This is not just a 
a North Texas thing where we are, but throughout the country, um, colleagues I've spoken to are telling the exact same story that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it seems to be, we, we seem to be a little lucky because I saw some data yesterday that said Texas has actually had the, has had the least downturn in rental rates and, and mm. slowdown in the market as a whole. I think that has a lot to do with what we've talked about in the past of there's still just a flood of people coming mm-hmm. to North Texas. So, yep. you know, the demand isn't as... Uh, sensitive well no and but we're getting supply increases right so it's a problem Uh, we've talked about this over the last year how there's been inventory shortages supply shortages that's what was driving up the market rates and it you know you say very quick slowdown everyone was surprised it very quickly went from low inventory to very high inventory well not very high but I don't know. You're right. Yes, you're right. Well, when we look at our inventory, right, that's kind of what you're basing that on because our inventory has gone up significantly, our vacancy inventory. But but I think what has happened, my feeling is what has happened is demand has just gone down in the short term Mm -hmm. for rentals. So I'm talking about tenants looking for a rental is what I'm talking about right now. It, which goes along with investors looking for to buy buy one, right? Um, the demand has just gone down. I think just right now, I think with interest rates, slowed down investors, right? Because they don't know what to do yet. And they're regrouping and figuring things out. And tenants are in the same boat, man. Inflation, you can't go to the grocery store and you're paying without realizing you're paying two, three times for everything. You're paying more for gas. You're paying more for your insurance. You're paying... Everything it seems like it seems like everybody's raising prices just to raise prices nowadays. And, and when the when the economy's at its cap and everyone's pocketbooks are at their cap, you know, moving it, it, regardless of how affordable you think your rent is, it, it's a big expense. Regardless, to move to take mm-hmm. that jump to move anywhere costs money, and when mm-hmm. you're already tapped, you know, sometimes it's easier just to. You know, a lot of people just say, "Hey, well, I mean, we can try to handle the higher rate then." You know, then, then try to make this jump and move, especially yeah. when when everybody was looking, when it was easier to move in the summer was the when everything was skyrocketing and inventory was hard. It was hard to move into places. So now that there's more places to move into, it's it's harder for people to move. And, yep. you know, it's less, less incentivizing for people to move. Nobody likes moving around. Uh, nobody, <laughs> but less people like moving during the holidays. So, <laughs> and that's why we want to talk about the outlook on 2023 because it's, it's always the January pivot, right? Yep. January is your... Well, two weeks into January, it all changes. Well, two weeks into January is where you get to set the foundation, right? You yep. get to see, is this going to continue? Is this going to start to pivot and turn? I mean, regardless, it's usually a pivot point of, you know, where do we go from here? So, mm-hmm. and where do you think we go from here? So... Well, just to, just to kind of finish our recap, we had a really strong 2021. It was really good right up until the end here, right? Just to kind of summarize it. Mm-hmm. Right up to the end. Right now, it's really kind of slow. 2022. Everything's in uh, 2022. Sorry. Everything's kind of uh, in limbo and, and there's questions and everybody's kind of figuring out the new normal right now, mm-hmm. I think is what's happening, right? So as we go into 2023, that's what I expect to have to continue. I expect that 
in January, people are going to get back to business Mm -hmm. and people are going to need to get back to what they're doing. They're going to want to find the new normal, deal with it, whether it's more expensive or not, right? They're probably all going to go back to their employers and ask for a raise. (laughs) (laughs) Tenants will be able to pay their rent. Investors will be able to buy houses again. I mean, there will be a new normal. My dad was here for Thanksgiving and he said, said, do you realize what I paid, what my interest rate was for my home, the home that you grew up? up in. And he reminded me that he paid 17% in interest rate Mm -hmm. at that home. And that brought his, that was a refinance that he did. And it brought his payment from $200 to $800 a month. Now that sounds ridiculous to us right now, right? Mm -hmm. But put yourself in his shoes in 1978, 79, somewhere in there is when he did that. Well, and it's relative too, because I've heard that argument, uh, or I've heard that a lot. But the ratio of cost of living and annual and, and median income back then, and the pr- the price of a house were a lot more in line. You know, say say the median income is fifty. That. Say the in- medium <laughs> income just just for an easier example, the medium income was fifty thousand, which wasn't true. It's was lower than that. Um, just making okay, well, using fifty thousand, yep. right? So then you'd have a house that was also fifty thousand. Okay. So a the median income annual salary was was pretty close to the sales price of houses you know in, in yeah. i think that was i think that was fairly yeah they were fairly close they're nowhere yep. near close anymore you know like yep. for that same for yep, same three right. bedroom two bath is now three four hundred thousand dollars nobody's making four or five six hundred grand a year no, no, that's not. I mean, the, some well, people are, but that's not, not the, the median. median. <laughs> that's definitely, definitely not the median. Um, it's actually more like you know, somewhere around fifty. But you know, so it that same argument doesn't. You know, seventeen percent of, uh, you know, fifty thousand is also a lesser. Uh, no, rate, I got your so. point. We're, we're the how your housing has become a much higher percentage of your household income mm-hmm. than it used to be back then, which so. is why. Well, and those, those, those differences in price and cost of real estate is where these interest rates are so heavily, uh, they, they make such, such of an impact because they're percentages, right? So 17% of an annual percentage rate on a $400,000, $500,000 house wouldn't even be feasible for someone who makes four hundred dollars to $500,000 a year. You know, if we get there again, yeah. That's we're why it's less likely that we're not. Yeah, it's extremely likely we will well, not get there again. Okay, so, so let's talk about. We started talking about what we think is coming up in 2023, and I believe it all starts with interest rates, right? It's like a lot of the discussions yes. we're going to have about current investors and new investors that want to get into the market. And and even we want to talk a little bit about short term rental investors, right? Because that's a big part of the, the, the mix nowadays. Um, all of those people are thinking about things that they're basing their decisions or their basis for their decisions is the interest rates, right? What's happening with them? Is it going to get worse? Is it going to get better? Where's our economy going to go? Um, every, all those trucks on the road, right? They're all, whether they're full or not is dependent on interest rates, right? Whether the factories that make the stuff that goes in that trucks are able to buy enough equipment and capital to, to do that is based on interest rates, right? Like everything in our economy is based on that. So it slows down and it grows um, based on our interest rates, right? Mm-hmm. So 
So what do we think is going to happen with the interest rates? All, all we can do is, is use our crystal ball based on what, what experts tell us and what the Fed kind of indicates. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to look at historical data, too, and, and base our assumptions off that. I mean, if you want to talk immediately, the Fed dealt with 2020 and everything till now, the Fed has been behind, right? Even they, they are now admitting they were extremely behind, even though everybody knew a year ago that they were behind, right? And, you know, now they think they're doing, you know, they're probably behind again. They need to, they probably needed to stop raising rates six months ago. And in mm -hmm. six months, they're going to be telling us that just like they did a year ago, right? They're going to be apologizing for behind. And in, in reality, the goal is likely a recession, you know, that's not, it's not, recessions don't always happen by accident. Um, so, <laughs> you know, that's, that's part of the outlook, but we're talking about rental rates and real estate prices here. And, you know, those, they're a big part of where recessions start and end. Like, like the interest rates, interest rates don't necessarily directly affect cash buyers, right? Like, so the investor with, cash to spend when when if values go down they're the ones who help catch the market in a, in a sense because it, it, there's a price where they start buying up all the real estate again so yeah to some degree that's true some people have cash because they've kept they've 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 leveraged something else which the interest rates do affect right yep. so what i mean by that is they've taken cash out of another property or a different asset and they've taken a loan out on that and those mm -hmm. interest rates do affect where they got that cash so there's a percentage of them that are that are what i just described and there's a percentage of them that already have the cash sitting around they need to do something with it and those are the people that are going to benefit the most from 2020 because they're going to start getting good deals or yep. what they perceive to be good deals based on where the current market value is. Yeah, that's, that's what I was getting at too. Is yep. they're, they're the ones who will start the, uh, you know, the foundation of, mm -hmm. of wherever the next market goes um, because they start buying stuff up and, you know, then there's, if, if that creates more inventory. So, but people moving and things getting, you know, they call it consolidation periods. They're good. They're good for any market to have a consolidation period because it confirms pricing. So it's not necessarily a decline. If you have, um, you know, we've experienced a lot over the last year of landlords and, and people going over market rent. So just because they could get it, right? Well, just because you can get it doesn't mean that when you're in a, you know, normal inventory environment that you're still going to get it. Mm -hmm. um, and this, this is a conversation we have to have with our clients sometimes. It's like, well, this house got this three months ago. Well, you know, you're in an inflated, middle of an inflated market three months ago, and, you know, maybe they got a little bit more than they should have. But, you know, you got to be, it, it, to succeed in any market, you have to be realistic with price. Well, right? you, okay, so that's a good point. So we, we were talking about new investors coming into the market and what they can expect. Let's let's finish that, and let's then let's talk about rents, what we think is mm -hmm. going to happen with rents. So investors coming into the market should, I think, expect more interest rate hikes. I am yeah. hoping... And everybody is hoping, but is not certain of, that they will be less severe and that they will slow down and finally come to a halt sometime in 2023. Um, most people believe that the summer of 2023, that they'll finally stop. Um, I don't think anybody knows that until they actually come out and do their big meeting and say what they're going to do, right? Yeah, um, and... It's it's been predicted that it'll be the end of the year, and and you know all the Fed wants to say all year last year, they're looking at data. 
They're data driven. They're mm-hmm. ignoring everything else, all the noise. They're data driven. Well, one piece of data I know they look at is the ten year curve, right? And the curve yield inverting, right? And uh oh, Kyle's getting over our head now. No, I mean it's it's the it's a it's the three month yield curve inverted yesterday, right? So that's like a I, I don't know. My a piece curve, of data my that curve will... inverted downwards and it hit the plate <laughs> and I got a strike. And that's all I know. You don't need to know what it means, sure, but it, it's a piece of data that will that, that the Fed would look at and say, okay, well that's an indicator that says we need to slow down rate hikes. That's mm-hmm. a that's a stronger indicator. So than what are you they saying that, that that they they got they got indications that they need to slow down right now because of well, whatever you just said? Yeah. Well, okay. whatever I just said in, indicated the last <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into that. See, but. I like to play. You know, you know how people play good cop, bad cop. Mm-hmm. I like to play dumb guy, smart guy over here. Like you, I let you be the smart guy, and I'll be the dumb guy. Well, okay, we're talking about interest rates. Let's just dumb this down. <laughs> if if I if I borrowed a hundred bucks from you, and I asked you, I'll give you or and I owe you ten bucks for for borrowing that hundred bucks. So I owe you hundred and ten bucks back, right? Yeah. I'll give you your hundred and ten bucks back in three months or in a year. What would you pick? I'll, I'll take it in three months, please. Exactly. Yep. Why would I even give you those two offers? What if I told you, I'll give you... Because you're now the dumb guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds dumb, right? Well, when that thing inverts that I just mentioned, that's what's happening. It is more incentivizing to take out loans from the government that they will pay you back in three months than in a year. Okay. And that's not good for the government. They want to pay you back as far as they can. They want to pay so, you back never. And Got the it. Federal Reserve is responsible for making sure that that doesn't happen, right? So those are one of the triggers that, you know, hopefully stop them from doing the things so, that they're doing. So interest rates. So I'm hearing, and it sounds like you're you're confirming what you're seeing in 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 the in the financial world is the interest rates should. Continue to rise in 2023, but slow down and stop sometime in 2023, right? Yeah. We're start. probably looking at the sevens. Well, you got to ask yourself, what this is, it's, this is what these cycles are about. What caused interest rates to get to an all-time low in 2020 and 2021? Absolute, you know, absolute lowest they've ever been. They were, uh, they were pushed down that way politically. They were... They were they were cut to zero. Yeah. Well, at the Federal, the Federal Reserve rate. Was that's been the that's been the case since the year two thousand. No. Yeah. No. They've been artificially buying mortgage backed securities, and now I'm now you got me doing it. Yes. No. Okay. But, Those things are true. We're not getting yeah. into that. I'm saying what triggered the so it it in January of 2020 you could get a mortgage. Is COVID the answer you're looking for here? Not COVID. COVID caused an extreme economic decline. Okay. There, it was stim. It was stimulation. It was stimulation of the economy, yes. right? Yes. So in order for rates to go back down again, when we're in an inflationary environment, there's got to be some need to stimulate the economy. Economy, right? You know. So either a consolidation period will help rates get back down, or some kind of recession will help rates get back down. So it's it's a bob and weave. And that's that's what the Fed's looking for. Well, I got that. So, what do we think is going to happen with interest rates in 2023? Then, um, you know, given given what I just said, I think I think they will stop hiking at the end of the this year or the beginning of next year. And but those the effects of rate hikes take three to they, six months. Yep, at least. So, do you think 
do you think that I think they will be stabilizing in 2023 and probably de- you know begin to decline towards the end of okay. 2023 in the sevens? What? I don't know. In the sevens, can't get we're talking mortgage rates here. here. So, <laughs> well, well, that's you, what it's most all based the, on the Federal Reserve rate. Most so. of the experts I'm I am listening to think that that's where we will end up. That's where our peak will be is in the sevens, which ironically, we've said this many times, ironically is our historical average. Mm -hmm. If you look over the course of the last 120 years or something, since we've been keeping tabs on, on mortgage rates, the historical average is seven and three quarters. So kind of ironic that we're all freaking out that it's getting back up to that historical average. But that's the reality is the world we live in the last two, three generations are used to they're used to low interest rates, and so this is not. This is kind of our new norm, mm-hmm. right? So, so it's affordability and how cheap money is. Right? All right. So people who have cash are in a really good spot. People who don't have cash and they need a loan, right, are in for a little bit more pain. They've got to. They've got to pick and choose what they buy. And this, Kyle, this... let's talk to that investor real quick, though. Can we do yeah. that? Yeah. Because you and I, I think, are of the same mindset that all of this stuff matters for short-term, your short-term outlook, but in your long-term outlook, if I'm 25, if I'm 30, 35 years old, looking to buy my first rental property or or my second or third rental property, I'm doing that for a long-term gain, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that to make $300. I mean, obviously everyone wants to make $300 a month on every one of the rentals, but but that's not the important thing. The important thing is, to acquire as much real estate as you can and hang on to it. And these cycles of interest rates and all that stuff don't really matter. It's kind of like doing a long play in the stock market. doesn't matter where you buy, just buy and get in. And if it goes up afterwards, great. And if it goes down afterwards, it doesn't matter. It'll bounce back up. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. And, you know, it's... Get into the market. As we've talked a lot about there's different tools, there's different methods. You always, you know, if you, you can't win a game, you're not playing. And, yep. You, know, you gotta I love that. Best same. time to plant your trees now. Yeah. All those things still apply. Yep. Um, it's all about just knowing what environment and what's going on so that you know which route to go. You know, a year ago when rates were insanely low, it wasn't much decision making. It was all right. If I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy this piece of real estate with a mortgage, just a normal conventional mortgage. Um, it's because it was the best tool. It was the best method. As the market changes, there's different ways. So these are the markets where, uh, you know, crowdfunding real estate syndications become popular uh, or more prevalent, I should say, um, where investors fund fund deals together uh, with their cash so the interest rate isn't affecting that cash. Well, you may have a smaller piece. You're still proportionally in the deal with the amount mm-hmm. of cash that you put in, yep. right? You know. Yep. You have a whole other discussion about those, but uh, that is what is commonly done when interest rates are affecting, you know, find a way to buy real estate in a cash mm-hmm. way. Love you it. know, REITs are, I will not, we will not talk deeply about REITs, but <laughs> uh, those are another way to just put your cash in real estate. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I love it. So, so to your point is there's a whole bunch of ways to, to invest in real estate. Um, so you can go buy a piece of property and do what's traditionally done, or you can go invest into a REIT, in which you can find on the open uh, stock market, 
a lot of times. Um, or you can find we've got a syndication deal we're putting together now. There's a lot of people putting syndication deals together like you described, and we should probably do another podcast on that, huh? Mm-hmm. Separately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of ways to invest. So my, my encouragement to everyone out there thinking about investing is don't let 2023 slow you down and stop you from continuing toward that task. There's nothing wrong with putting on the brakes and being more careful. That's where I think 2023 should be is investors just need to be more careful. They should be looking for better deals because they're out there now. Right. Yes. Don't be so quick to just go buy something just because, but that doesn't mean stop and don't execute. You should execute. You should be buying. Mm -hmm. I got an investor I talked to last night, just closed on two more. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just they're like getting deals. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? And mm-hmm. people say, "Oh, wait, when investors bought everything up." But some, you know, some investors that's most money they ever made. You know, they sold it maybe this year, or last year, or whatever. Um, that that dip that experience was completely different. Had a complete that recession had a com- was for for. Uh, I don't want to scare people about prices. That was. That was just an opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Every time you have uncertainty in any market is is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yep. It's what Warren Buffett says. When people are fearful, be greedy. When people yeah. are greedy, be fearful. So, you know, and right now people are being fearful. You and know? I, and I, I'm I, tired of hearing. I think I hear the word uncertainty anytime I turn on any piece of uh, technology. Um, really tired of hearing that word. But it's the world telling you they're uncertain. So be certain about your plan and be greedy. <laughs> I love it when when everyone else I, I, I and I guess I would say the same thing a different way when everyone else is freaking out that's yeah. the time for you to go get it go mm-hmm. go that's time the time to eat I've been telling people for probably the past 6 months that now's the time to eat let's get it now's the time that means what I mean by that is is as an investor as a somebody that is able and willing to invest and put their money into real estate now's the time for them to be really Gobbling it up. Yeah, because you know, primary homeowners were the ones buying, and you know, a lot of a lot of the last year or so with the movement around and everything. Um, but surprisingly, investors were the the ones selling or holding, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, investors don't like to compete in multiple twenty plus offer situations with going thousands of dollars over asking price. Those aren't the environments investors like. Oh, we. You know, this is time to buy real estate. No, it's it's when you're not competing and you're looking for deals and the deals mm-hmm. are out there. Right? And they're coming so, to you now. Yeah, they're coming to you. And I mean, it was the wholesaling's back. Off market deals are back. Yep. I mean, it came back almost overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, off market deals are like fl- we're getting flooded with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, you have any interest in those? Give us a call as well. So. <laughs> Pri- private investors, private um, lenders are going to get stuff back, right? Um, foreclosures that we are going to have, you know, some foreclosures come back and probably not too much, but, but there'll be a small amount. And a lot of those asset managers are looking at property management or looking at, at buy and hold strategies to hang on to. I mean, I'm hearing a lot about this, like banks are not afraid to hang on to properties, let a property manager manage them 
for a period of time until they deem it appropriate to, to sell that property. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a strategy that they're using. So there's a there's a lot of stuff going on that I think it's good stuff for investors. And, and even if you're not in the game yet, you wouldn't consider yourself an investor. There are so many ways to get into the game. I hope that's what we're demonstrating here, that you don't have to be high level. You don't have to understand all this stuff. It is easy to get in. Just find a way to get into the game. Start building wealth for yourself. Because everybody out there, from the small investor to the billionaire, will tell you today, you know, in December 2022, they will tell you real estate is still the best way to build wealth. Yep. That's how they... A bit, is it Bitcoin? No. Is Bitcoin? <laughs> Bitcoin Bitcoin crashed and burned, I think, didn't it? It does. Bitcoin isn't necessarily building wealth, you know? <laughs> it's just... That's it's speculative. speculative. That's speculative yeah. investment, and that's what that's why we that's why we push real estate so hard. It's like it's it gets you the best returns. It's not it's not speculative. We we've been we've been buying houses for centuries, right? Like we know what what it does for your wealth. And the reason we want like talking outlook and what your focus should be should always be outlook because you know while it's good to recap. Um, when you're making a decision to invest in real estate because of whatever everything we just said and how it is the the primary source to build wealth, you need to just look at the current situation and execute from that. You can't be like, well, it was this way a year ago or I could have got this rate. Now I'm going to wait for this rate and this price. Like the past doesn't really matter in mm-hmm. real estate. Yep. You know, you have the future and you, you know, you, mm-hmm. you don't want to be the one predicting um you know that way yourself out of it because mm-hmm. there's times where you know i've i've seen investors say mm-hmm. i need to wait for this to happen again and then something happens where they need their money and they end up having to sell at the mm-hmm. worst time mm-hmm. right and, you know yep. take control of whatever your investment That's decisions right. are so That's there's right. our outlook you know general as it is um general let's, it should be let's so. talk about rents Kyle so so because we've got a lot of investors out there wondering what, what's going to happen with rents, right? So people that are currently investing, um, I, I, what do you think is going to happen with rents this year? Going in the end of the year or well, just in 2023. I mean, I've got a, I've definitely have an opinion. I definitely think I know what's going to happen with rents. Um, my, my fingers on the pulse of, I of touched rents. it on it a little bit. I think you that did. they will, I think we'll, we'll be entering a consolidation period. So, um, I don't like to stick a word like going down or going up or staying steady. It's con- consolidation has its name because, it, it, it consolidates things to where they should be, right? So, like, the, the, the market we just came out of, you had a wide range. Like, you could have one property that could have been a $600 swing, right? Just as an example on what that rent rate went for, um, for a variety of factors. So, consolidation is over time making sure that the market gets back, finds its baseline of where it should be so it can continue um, – in an appreciative manner. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, I think we're going to stabilize and consolidate. I think that's what you just said. Yeah. Yep. That's so. a good summary of what you just said. And, and I think, um, I think I agree with you a hundred percent. I think we've been stabilizing mm-hmm. and I think that will continue. But the, I do think people need to be weary and careful about pricing right now. Yes. Um, 
our market for rentals has come to a halt, right? Like not a lot of people doing it. I know that's going to change, especially in January. I feel like, you know, everyone will, will start, it'll start back up again, right? It'll be fine. But even still, what we're seeing is desperation out there. And you have to remember that nine out of 10 rental properties are not professionally managed. So what that means is people are out there making extreme fear-based decisions and they're freaking out, right? Mm -hmm. And because they're freaking out, we have to adjust. We're forced to adjust because we have to compete with them, right? So we have to be careful as investors to be cognizant of what's happening around us. And when we have a property, being really, really careful about well, I don't, it doesn't matter that three months ago, somebody got $2,400 a month down the street for the same house. That doesn't matter if they can go around the corner and find one that's actively on the market right now for 1800 mm-hmm. Like, why would they go look at your house for 2400 when they can, when they can get one for 1800 And we've had, we've talked about, we've talked about how vacancy kills you right now, right? Vacancy so kills and- if, if you have a vacant house, that's costing you money every day. Pricing it wrong will cost you way more money than than that difference in 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 price. Yeah, and we've talked about so much, and this is what we you know, investor mindset is commonly not in line with, and should be, is that market rate is decided by the market. It is not. We do not pick market rate. We determine where we can calculate it, determine it, figure it out, you know, based on expertise and that kind of thing. But it's called market rate because it is the rate that the market or that somebody will pay for the home, right? Based on all factors, economic factors, inventory, desperation, supply, demand, you know, all those things, those things have changed. And if you ignore that they change, then you're just ignoring what your rate, your, your, your rate is what you want it to be. And what you want it to be is not the best way to market a property. Yeah. And, and there's two different ways to look at it. So if I could, if I could give two examples of conversations I have with investors, let's do, let's do this. Two different examples. Um, one is, and both of these are happening right now. It really depends on the neighborhood, right? It is oh, yeah. all over the place. Every neighborhood is different. And right now you don't have as much data as you normally do. So what I mean by that is, is normally if I run comps as we call it, right? If I look to see what comparable homes have leased and are leasing in a, in a large neighborhood, I'll get 10 to 15, right? Points of data to make a great decision. And right now, I'm getting like two or three, right? It's hard to make a decision based on that, right? So we're we're having to make our decisions a little differently and extrapolate out a little bit. But here's the two conversations I'm having. I I want to list something at 2200 because nothing in that neighborhood has has rented for more than 2200 but my investor comes to me and says, well, there's a house around the corner that listed or, or that rented for 2400 That's what they'll tell me. And I'll look it up, and it's an active listing. And I'm like, okay, well, they haven't succeeded. They're just trying. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean anything. Just because you've gone on Zillow and found something around the corner for 2400 doesn't mean that that's the best move for you to list at, right? Nobody, nobody in the neighborhood's done that. So I have, I have that conversation all the time. We have the reverse conversation where we're like, okay, we have a bunch of listings that 
let's use the same numbers. 2,400 is the, for the past three months, we can see homes have leased for 2,400, right? But are we going to, are we going to ignore the brand new listings that are out there for 1,800 bucks a month or $2,000 a month and just pretend they don't exist? There's estimates, Will. <laughs> Those estimates will do that. It's, uh, it's these markets where you get to really see how un- inaccurate estimates oh, are. Zillow know? and Redfin just create so much conversation for real estate agents and property it's managers. Data points, right? And when data points are in surplus, like they were, like you described, they're they're fairly accurate. When mm-hmm. when you have to use expertise, perspective, competition based things, those are way harder for mm-hmm. for algorithms and stuff to determine accurately, right? Um, you may even know because you went by that there's a house three doors down that's under renovation, but it's coming on in the next three weeks. And uh, this is what they're mm-hmm. probably, this is that's what they're right. going to rent it for. So what, do you, what does that tell you? You need to be rented in the next three weeks. If mm-hmm. you're going to be at a higher number, mm-hmm. um, you need to be competitive with them after they go on. So, you know, especially if it's directly comparable. So that's, those are, those are things where expertise and, and just operating in mm-hmm. in the market environment that you're in gets become so important. Yep. So and that's where we think rents are gonna go stabilized to where. Yeah, you, you know what, be. Kyle, if I had to put a number on it, I would say over the course of the entire year, we are gonna see a decl- a flattening to a decline of about ten percent of rents based on depending on your neighborhood and and your area. So I think every area is going to be different. Some of them are just going to stay flat through the year, and some of them are actually going to have a small decline, which I don't think is that inappropriate considering what we've seen with rents over the past two years have skyrocketed at an enormous rate, right, that that it was not sustainable. So a, a small pullback of 8 to 10% is what most people are predicting, and I, I don't think that that's here where we are. That could be more in other parts of the country, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just talking where we are. And I don't think a pullback of 8 to 10% is that is that inappropriate. However, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you've got a current tenant and you're doing a renewal – and be and more conservative on scaring them off. Be more conservative. Off, right? Don't scare them off. And and those are going to stay flat. Those are going to stay fairly flat for the reasons that you suggested. That it also costs a lot of money to to move. And just don't run them out. Well, and that's what I was going to say. I think one of our biggest factors in 2023 is actually going to be um, forgetting the word for it. But how many people move? Like how much mm-hmm. moving around is going on after mm-hmm. these leases expire? Mm-hmm. And because th- that's really what drove up. The rental market, in a sense, was all the moving around. Um, we also have a timeline factor that is that not many people talk about right now, but has never really been a factor. Was the eviction moratorium, mm-hmm. which this is so far in the past, or feels so far in the past, right? Well, it ended about a year ago. So think about that. People were locked into free homes or whatever. They could have been not paying the rent for a year. Couldn't, didn't have to move and then come I – know, I know it changed in different parts of the country. In Texas, it was a little bit earlier, uh, but most of the country, it was around August of 2021. So at that point, moratorium's gone, your free housing's gone, everyone starts moving, right, um, on top of all the moving that was already happening. So, But what about rent relief? Ta- you're you're talking relief, about rent yes. relief is, is they are all – that, that The rent relief funds ending. are ending and being – 
being exhausted right now. Yes. So people that we're getting our last checks right now haven't been able to afford these homes for a while now. We're getting, I call it more than assistance. Couldn't or wouldn't afford them. Yeah, whatever it is. But the point is those things are going to, those things trigger moving Mm -hmm. at a massive scale. And it can either be good for the market or or bad depending on where that falls in desperation. You know, like like you said, if you get desperate and, and people start freaking out too early and then people start moving, now they're chopping at the, the you know, chopping things down where if it happens the other way around where people start moving before the market gets fearful, that stabilizes it and keeps it where it's at. So, you know, the other thing is interest the other effect interest rate is going to have is going to it's going to swell our our market for tenants. Mm. There's a lot of people out there that would be buying that aren't going to buy until interest rates go down. That is going to create a larger share of the market for for rentals. For rentals, yeah. And so at some point that is going to have an impact on our on our rental market, which I think that is the single reason why we are only going to see at most an 8 to 10% drop in our rental rates. Yeah. And I think a lot of places are going to stay flat. I think most good rental markets are going to stay flat. I think some of them that are grossly overpriced will probably come down a little bit. But for the most part, I think rentals rents are going to be fine. I just think that people cannot expect to continue raising their rental rates the way they have been through 2021 and 22. I'm being a lot yeah. more careful at renewal time right now about where I'm rent- raising rents to, if if at all. Mm-hmm. I think, as a matter of fact, this, this past month when we did them, I think I had the most I've ever seen of, of our renewals, the highest percentage of our renewals that I didn't raise mm-hmm. at all, right? Like, I think there was... I don't know. I think I did 12 or 13 of them and three or four of them I didn't even raise because we were over, right, market price right like right now. And and it's really important that you you look at it correctly. I mean, I know most people don't have somebody looking at it the way I'm looking at it and that's unfortunate for them because all they have is Zillow and Redfin. And that's not good enough. Mm-mm. You need some professional help. You don't have to have a professional manager, but you need somebody that's got access to the data to be able to help you price these things correctly. And knowledge and experience, you know. Yep. It's like these timeline things, these rent relief timelines and the moratorium timelines, I guarantee you n- you know, 99% oh, people, of people pricing are not even thinking about that. People aren't even thinking about what's happening in Dallas right now, which is a completely different story, but but – Stuff's yeah. happening in it Dallas happened. right now. Different it's things Dallas are happening is, all over the country too. So yep. it's it's just hard, and it's 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 harder to look at it and get a clear picture. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure you have someone with a lens that you can look through and, yep. and see something. So yep. so that's where we're at with rents. Um, hope this ins- was insightful for everybody. Um, our we're outlook gonna, into we're going to do a separate one on short term rentals. Yeah, we'll do a separate one on short term rentals because it well we could. It's different, isn't it? It, it is different, and it's. It's it's just a whole different market. It really is. We do that so, next week, and it and and the sales and rental market has affected it, the short term rental market a lot differently mm-hmm. in the last mm-hmm. uh, in the last year. So we will uh, let's, be, let's be teasing you all with yeah, short term rental outlook for twenty twenty three. Let's do that next week, and and that might wrap up our our twenty twenty two podcast before we before we get into twenty twenty three. Huh? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, that's it for me. 
assume that's it for John on our outlook. And uh, if you guys have any questions, want to discuss our outlook or, you know, start investing, get into syndications, any of that, 817-818-9039. Where can they send the email? Show Show me me the the money money. at wertpm.com. Thank you all for tuning in and we are out. Later. Later.